Return me to where my eyes first glimpsed Sun-kissed folds of your blackwood lips I've been gone so long Time is moving on mm-hmm. So as we discussed in the last episode of Four Songs, the key to effectively tackling political and social issues in music is through relatability. You want your listeners to understand what you're trying to say in a way that brings them along. After all, if you want to make a difference, if you want your listeners to see your perspective, you have to do so in a way that makes them feel welcome, especially in this day and age when change is needed in so many different ways. But you only get there if you bring people on your side. Well, my next guest, Emily Barker, understands this. Emily is an Australian-born, UK-based singer-songwriter who is no stranger to political songwriting. In fact, we featured her and her stunning song, Machine, on the last episode when we talked about political music. If you recall, Machine is a brilliant tune about racial justice in an era of changing times. And for this episode, we take a deeper dive into her newest album, A Dark Memoration of Words, upon which Machine appears. This album came out this past summer, and we talk about four songs in particular, Return Me, Geography, the Woman Who Planted Trees, and Any More Goodbyes. A common thread that runs through all these songs, and indeed the entire album, is climate change and a longing for home. Emily is passionate about solving this issue of climate change, and she is passionate about bringing you along as well. But she understands that in order to do this, in order to effectuate change, it doesn't do any good to push people away. So she addresses this issue and this crisis by turning the focus on herself, her home, and her biggest inspirations. You'll note throughout these songs, she doesn't always address climate change head-on directly. She talks about the longing and returning back to her childhood home and the things that she misses, the things that may not be there anymore or aren't the same due to climate change. I mean, how many of us think back to when we were kids, running through our backyards, running around, climbing those trees, or jumping over those creeks, and you think back for that time and you long for it? Just because you're, it's natural, it's a human emotion. You want to go back to when times were simpler. But sometimes when you do that, when you go back to visit that childhood place, it's not there anymore. Or there's a new house there, there's new development there, and all the impact that that has on the environment. Sometimes those trees are gone. I think we can all relate to that feeling of your home isn't your home anymore. Well, Emily gets that. She understands that one way to tackle this issue of climate crisis and to bring people on board is to make it personal. And she does that to great success. And her album, A Dark Memoration of Words, has inspiration written all over it, from its earthy tone that recalls Emily Harris's 1995 masterpiece, Wrecking Ball, to its deeply personal and moving lyrics. So I'm pleased to welcome, from her home in England, Emily Barker, to Four Songs. Hey, Emily, thanks for joining me today. appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Rob. Great. So first question I've been asking everyone since I started this back in May when this pandemic was just getting and getting started is how how have you been doing under have you been able to do i know your album just came out a few months ago but have you been doing any new writing has this affected you and besides from not being able to tour <laughs> but yeah um you know what i haven't been so much and i think that's mostly because prior to the pandemic writing for me was always cyclical and and i wrote before i went to record a new album so right now having just released the album uh, I recorded it in November last year, so almost a year ago now, and then went into the mode of getting the mixes done and sorting the artwork out and getting the videos done and all the sort of admin 
art side of um of the release that wasn't the music and and the album came out and now usually i'd be on the road touring you know so in my head i'm not i'm not sort of ready ready to start thinking of like a new body of work which is usually how i think of songwriting is i start at some point after releasing a new album working towards a new album so I haven't quite got there, but I have started what I call like collecting and saving little ideas away for some point in the future. So it might be, a, you know, guitar picking, chord changes or something that I'm noodling around with or something on the piano or some some lyrics or something. And I just save them away. But I'm not yet in the frame of mind to, to try piecing a song together because I'm very much about the new record that just came out again, even though I can't gig it. <laughs> Yeah, so the album is called A Dark Memoration of Words and came out this past summer. And we'll be talking about four songs, but before we get to that and get to the the new album, just curious. So I started this podcast back in May because I've always wanted to write songs and I've been playing guitar since high school. I just don't have that. <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't have it. So I'm just fascinated by how songs come together and the evolution of songs and what for you? What when did you get first hit by the songwriting bug? Uh, it was probably when I was around seventeen, eighteen, something like that. And I, I started playing. Uh, I started singing um, at school assemblies and stuff like that when I was a bit younger, when I was a teenager, and then wanted to teach myself piano. So I started. I actually I got some lessons and did classical piano for a while but that wasn't really a good tool necessarily for writing songs but then when I was 17 I picked up a guitar and started teaching myself how to play chords and stuff from a from a book and that's when I started writing straight away then and I was in a all-girl group there were four of us and at that time we were we'd started going to pubs in our area this is in Australia where I grew up and doing like three hour cover gigs and but I was getting pretty quickly tired of just doing covers and so I started writing songs and then would slip one of those songs into the set and it seemed to go down well or people you know people didn't know it but they also were still there <laughs> so yeah and then that developed from there so yeah just prefer I just realized that I got so much more from performing my own songs than performing covers at that time yeah who are some of your influences back then and, and now? Well, I grew up listening to mostly my, yeah, my mum and dad's record collection. They had great, like, 60s, 70s songwriters like Carole King, Neil Young, amazing singers, songwriters like Aretha Franklin. She was always my favourite singer um, growing up. But, yeah, records by the band. I really loved the band and... Who else? Roberta Flack, quite a lot of um, jazz as well that my dad loved, and Miles Davis and, and some great blues guitarists as well. So quite roots-based record collection, I guess. And I won't tell you what, what I was listening to as a teenager because it's just, it's just <laughs> it doesn't bear any resemblance to what I listen to now. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all have our, how did that get in there in our collection? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Neither what. Even there, I find myself going back over songs and that I loved back then. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. But. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> there was there were some great, great songs, but um, yeah. So, your newest album is called "A Dark Memoration of Words." But at what point did you did you realize that you had an album on your hands? Like, did, 
did these come easily to you? Did they just kind of flow or did some take longer to, to come together for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, some songs just almost write themselves and you just have to try to keep up. And then other songs, you have to leave them to sort of just fester is not a good word for it but just like you know wait they just have to sit and wait and and you work on them bit by bit and slowly slowly piece them together so each song is really really different and what would often happen is I would bring the songs to the band and then we'd work on them and then I'd take that recording away of the band and I think oh you know what I distance myself from a while from the song for a while and then come back to it and hear it freshly and go oh you know what I'm going to change that and change this and and speaking of sound so the sound is quite different from sweet kind of blue and when I was listening to it it took me back to Emmy Lou Harris Wrecking Ball cool and, that yeah. was an influence actually yeah okay mm. and even if this may not seem like a quite accurate comparison but Joe Henry has an album called Trampoline mm. and the sound is different but the the kind of the texture of the earthy feel of it that you can just feel the tone it just has a shift to it that i just really appreciated and oh thank you the first song we've talked about is the actually the kickoff of the album return me and this really quiet and reflective opener for you what does uh, how did this one come to you yeah so this one i I wrote after I just got back from Australia. Usually I go back to Australia every year and spend two two to three months out there with my family and touring and doing festivals and stuff. And it always takes me a while then after I've been home to readjust to being back in Britain. And I always feel a bit out of out of place for a while. And and I've lived away for about 20 years now from Australia and I have this constant question of whether or not it's time to go home and last year when the climate crisis was in the height of the media like at its highest point in in the media it really made me start to question if you know in an emergency where do you want to be you want to be with your loved ones you want to be home you want to be protecting you know the landscape that you feel the most affinity towards and connection to and yeah so it, i guess it's sort of questioning if um it's time for me to go back there and be with my family again <laughs> Return me to where my eyes first glimpsed Sun-kissed folds of your blackwood lips I've been gone so long Time is moving on mm -hmm. I sort of like this idea of you know, often we make a decision to head towards something and we and we do what we can to head towards that and then at some point you go, hang on, am I still am I still on this path? Is this still where I want to be or have I been sort of blindly following this decision that I made many years ago and not reassessing that? And and it's so it's sort of my question to music actually, because in the 
you know, with uh, the climate crisis that's going on, it's like, is this the is this the best use of my time? Am I contributing? Could I be doing more for my community, for the environment, for our home, collectively? And maybe maybe I should change tack and and you know be of more be of better service. And so it's sort of questioning that as well, and and then realizing that that yeah, I could do that. It, at my in my home as well back back in Australia I could be you know be a part of the community there with my family banjo too because it, it kind of adds a earthy element to it was that something that you kind of heard in your mind when you were writing the song like this would be really cool to add this effect or how does no, that you know what that just happened in the studio it was greg the producer he just he said oh I, let's try something else out as like a layer and we'd already recorded so we mostly recorded live but and then and then so I picked up the banjo and it was in, we were recorded in this old chapel. And so we were set up on the ground floor, but I took the banjo up to one of the balconies and um, played the banjo from there. And there was just the room mic down on the floor. So what you can hear is like this huge space of the chapel. Um, yeah, and just played along on the banjo, listening on headphones, listening back to the track on headphones. It worked really nicely, I thought. So come with me. because there's not a lot of noise but it does draw you in and you feel like you are in in like a big like a room like that like a, a chapel yeah yeah so you're talking about uh climate change and i think we will hit that on a couple other songs that we'll be talking about as well but the second song mm -hmm. is geography and this one does have a bit more going on musically at least in terms of some of the instruments and i feel like it's a bit of a not fast paced, but just a quicker tone than Return Me. Yeah, Return Me is very laid back and geography sort of more moving forward, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it almost feels like there's like a freshness to this one. Mm -hmm. And just you, you referenced the, the rain a lot, the eucalyptus after rain. And was, was that kind of drawing on kind of what's going on just within nature for, for this one? Yeah, yeah, so that's very much set in Australia and um, okay. So my parents, we we had this house right by the Blackwood River um, that we, we grew up in and then they needed to, my dad got quite ill and he couldn't 
it was becoming too stressful to look after the land and so they sold up there and and moved into the town to a really like a smaller property and but I'd always thought of home as like turning you come through the town and and it's very small blink and you miss it town but you go through the town and before you get to the river before you get to the bridge you take a right and you head down this gravel track which is always been as soon as I hit that I was like okay I'm here now I'm here and so that was no longer going to be my home so I suddenly had to like recalibrate even though they weren't moving far it was still this strange thing of having all these connections and memories to a associated with a place and and me being away I sort of I like to think that it doesn't change that it's always going to be there that way which of course it's not but but it's somehow comforting to know what that space looks like. I think that's clear on the course. You mentioned not the distance of the seas nor geography, and it does kind of get to that safe place, I guess, uh, home. And but then knowing that you're not always going to not always going to be there, or yet it's hard to go back yeah. to sometimes and recapture that, mm. that feeling. Yeah, and a part of the going back as well in time a little bit is is also this idea of. Again, it's, it relates to environment and climate change, climate crisis, is this like going back to undo the wrongs that we've done and, and remembering that innocence that we, that we had or felt as children and taking for granted that this nature, these different species were always going to be with us. We ever could Tidal questions at my feet Home is where the heart lies meet Not in distance of the seas No geography So there's a lot tied into this idea of home and returning but it's sort of always this, it's sort of this temporal view of home as well. And, and this longing for a return to almost innocence, but not just for myself as, you know, for humanity that we can right our wrongs. And the title for this album comes from this song, the last verse, when you, the dark memoration of words. And what does that mean for you that, and that, and what did, when you wrote that line, did, did, did you hit you like right there? You had the title of the album too, or was that something that came later? That came much later, but after yeah, after we'd recorded everything, and I was sort of thinking about it, and that was one of the Down things that popped up.
Yeah, it makes sense because I, um, so I wrote that line when I was back home and I was on holiday with my with one of my brothers and we were I was sitting in the sand dunes and I saw these migratory birds flying overhead and I thought, oh wow, that's you know they they've probably come from a long way away and then I thought oh, I've come from a long way away to be here too because I live in the UK and and you know I have these two two homes and and I thought of all the songs I've written about home and what that means and then imagined all the words that I've written floating up in the air like these birds that were murmurating or migrating and yeah so it came to me then that that line and I felt like it was quite an apt title to talk about all these different subjects um mostly because yeah there's lots of different subjects that I touch on but they're all it's all about connection essentially mm -hmm. and and the ways in which these these topics connect to one another how we connect to each other how how environment and humanity connect and and all these different yeah connection points so again our audience we're talking with Emily Barker talking about her new album, A Dark Memoration of Words, and we've got two more songs to chat about. Uh, the next one is Woman Who Planted Trees. Again, this one is probably the most obvious climate-related one. Uh, you seem to be writing about an activist, I think, or someone who's mm -hmm. trying to make the change that we, we need. So who, who inspired this one? So this song is inspired by an amazing woman called Wangari Mathai and in 1976 she started the Green Belt Movement in Kenya. She did it, the, the forest at the time in the area she was from was being torn down by the government and the government was selling off tracts of land to their friends and these people were just chopping down the trees and it was having a really devastating impact on her community because the, the, all this erosion started happening and the topsoils were washed away into the water so the water was very muddy and nothing would grow because when the winds would come and all the topsoils were just being taken away because there was no root systems to bind the soil together and she was a biologist not only did she fight to save the forests the existing forests through taking action but she also started planting trees and she's established this green belt movement and there's now been millions of trees have been planted since then it's still going today her daughter Wanjira um, kept the her legacy going and there are other all the women she empowered all the women in her community she wanted to do that so that they had sort of a role outside of of parenting and outside of being a wife and so she empowered them by teaching them forestry skills and beekeeping skills and yeah and they're amazing they grow can grow incredible food there now and and the forest is protected and yeah so she's incredible she's the first African woman to receive the Nobel Peace Prize which was in 2004. <laughs> I can tell my age by the height of trees, by the years they've stood growing over me. When I was a girl, you planted seeds and cast your love forever over me. So when you're writing a song like this that's about somebody else, is, is it a different mindset? When you sit down and say, I'm going to write about you know, this, this woman and 
do you approach the, the song differently than when you're writing another one of your songs, like Geography, or is it just... Yeah, I guess it's more research-based. I really enjoy a song where I need to study and <laughs> and get my facts straight, and then it's quite a challenge always to, you know, you, you read you can read so much. There's also so much, you know, videos and interviews with Wangari online. So there's a wealth of information about her available. So it's about then the challenge is condensing all of this information into a three and a half minute song and trying yeah. to make sure you get the message across, like what what you want to say. And, and I guess with this song, I wanted to share the story of this incredible woman because I feel like she's such a great role model for our times of how we can change our our future by it's in our control you know we can plant trees or we can donate to tree planting charities or mm. we can protect the forest that we, we have we can have our voices heard by signing petitions by there's so many different ways by writing to our local mps and councillors to make sure they they know that you know we we need to we need we need trees we need to protect our future for generations yeah. to come you took a spade, bare hands, bare feet, and sold your love, bruised down deep in the cold dark shade. Leaves sing your name, wild green tongues glisten in the clay. Your branches warm, my fingers wet. And I think what I like about the, the lyrics for this is that you, you've written it in a way that it's everyone can understand it and you don't mm. necessarily need to know the history of the person you're writing about. I think it helps, but it, it makes it more universal. I think people can probably relate to it more. Yeah, 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 that's good. I like that. I yeah. had the amazing opportunity to, to speak to Wanjira, who's Wangari's daughter. And Wanjira and I spoke on Australian National Radio doing an interview together. And Wanjira really loved the song and is singing it with her daughters every day. And wow. oh, it was so beautiful to hear. And Wanjira is amazing, all the work that she does now continues to do. She's like the national environmental minister for Africa. And mm. <laughs> I forget the exact title, but it, it is that pretty much. Yeah, so we were talking a lot about legacy and, and you know, in some ways the song is a is a way of continu continuing Wangari's legacy and certainly the work that she does is very, very much so. From a prison cell You dreamt of trees Blood dried blood Upon your cheek You didn't know Around So how hard is it for you to just, you know, distill everything, like you said, and put it in three and a half minutes in a way that people can relate to it and be inspired by it? I, mean, it, it, you know, I think it's just something you get, you get better at. Like short story writers would be the same. There's so much information you can pack into a sentence that without, it sounds daft, but without, without saying everything, you can just imply 
a lot with your choice of words, the way that you order them. You can give so much detail without actually saying it. I know that sounds strange, but. Well, no, I appreciate that because I think throughout this song in particular, you leave it, the words are as specific. I mean, and you, you open it, you know, with um, the land was dry and no food to eat and the soil was sick. I mean, people know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Right there. And I, I think that's just hard to, to do, you know, mm. just to put it so easily and just like, okay, I know exactly where I am and then listen to this. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's just not easy. Practice. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. Yeah. And so the music for this one, this is when I heard this song, this is what made me think to this Joe Henry album called Trampoline that came out in 96. And Mm -hmm. it again was a change for his style of writing and just has that just stark minimalist feel, but it's, you can feel, I feel like you can almost feel the instruments though. It's a, Mm -hmm. that may sound like a strange thing to say, but the way it sounds, you can, just feel it. Does that mm. make any sense to you? I mean, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's partly um, because we recorded it live. Okay. So it's not, everything's not tracked separately. It's like we're all in the same room playing together and we're in a beautiful space with, you know, great, great gear. And that's always really important. So, you, you know, you should be able to feel the instruments because you should be able to hear them really well or the different overtones and that are going on so they're really alive sounding rather than if you track if you build a track from like you do the drums to a click track and then somebody will do the you know bass afterwards or guitar or whatever if you add things one at a time then it's very mechanical and maybe very accurate but you don't have the feel there it's, it's not so it's for me it's really important to record live with a band and that generally gets the best take. Emily, I greatly appreciate your time. I also wanted to talk about any more goodbyes, mm-hmm. which I think is the theme for this album, it seems like, is, is kind of a longing and both a sense of returning that we were talking about earlier, but a longing for the world that we kind of need to become. But I feel like in this song in particular, you're really challenging the listener to just take a step closer and be quiet and just just listen is that i mean i know that mm. again doesn't make a lot of sense when i'm asking it but is that sort of what you're trying to, to do is just to draw the listener in and just kind of make them sit down and be quiet and just meditate on some of this stuff because i think that yeah that's- oh yeah i don't i think i feel like that about the whole album and partly that's why i chose the title a dark memoration of words because i really wanted to be there to be an emphasis on the lyrics and really wanted people to focus on what you know the messages in the songs are because i think they're really important you know for me but for for everybody they're you know they're really important things that we listen to and for this song any more goodbyes i sort of i wrote it as if it's a like a a relationship falling apart and it's a but it's used as a metaphor to talk about our relationship with the natural world with species and and in the chorus saying I'm not ready for any more goodbyes is about loss of species and just this absolute grief that comes I was talking about the red-tailed black cockatoos you know to know to think that they won't be around is just really breaks my heart and 
and so many other species that we've lost already and that we will lose in the years to come if we don't really um, get our act together and, and make some serious big changes. So when you're writing a song like this, is is it, again, this is going to sound like a silly question, but where do you have to kind of put your mindset at when you're kind of mining these issues and is it difficult to, to go there sometimes or is it just you see what's happening and it's happening? <laughs> yeah, gosh, I, I feel like last year it was a part of every, like pretty much every conversation that I had, you know, with friends and and you know people who I'd meet at gigs and um, people in the industry, music industry, it, you know anyone who I was chatting to, there, uh, there was always a conversation about it because it was really at the forefront of the media and you know leaders like Greta were, well she still is very much you know campaigning, but her campaign really took off and and having the really strong youth movement being a part of it, like I, I think it was it was so powerful and made us all stop and think well, many of us anyway not everybody <laughs> unfortunately So I feel like writing these songs and this one uh, was just like a way of processing all those different emotional responses to the information and understanding the information. So processing guilt and grief and fear and concern and all these emotions. So yeah, it's sort of an essential thing for me for me to do and always always has been and. But I guess with the songs, I also want to reach people rather than push anyone away. I'd love, yeah. you know, I don't want to, you know, I, they could be arguably many of them protest songs, but I, I want to, and I feel, you know, very passionate about this topic, but I, I don't want to push anyone away if they're, you know, I want to reach out to people on an emotional level and, and, and encourage them to learn more for themselves from a from a pe place of love he has the blood red in my veins for love is fragile love is brave love is everything i'm scared to lose i see the stars my life with you
it's hard to look at, you know, all this stuff. It's not easy and, and changing our ways is, is not an easy thing. We're all very accustomed to living the lives that we've, how we've led them. And it can make us feel uncomfortable and really challenged. And yeah, so I appreciate all of that. So I think it's important that we're patient with each other as well and, and just try to encourage each other and also not shoot each other down, you know. Oh. I know a lot of musicians who don't want to speak up about stuff because it's so easy to be called a hypocrite with the mm-hmm. amount of that we travel and things like this. But it's they're such bigger systems that operate that we're that we're within. We do need to make changes ourselves personally within, you know, the realms of what we can do, but most importantly um to be change on an internet like a on a governmental level in order for real impact to to happen positive impact well i want to thank you so much for your time today or tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> my um, pleasure just, thank you oh, yeah before i f- forget though i do want to ask just as an artist who can't tour right now and you're in a lot of a lot of people are in that boat what do you, would you like your fans or whomever to know how they can support musicians right now? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. The best way that people can support their musicians that they love is by buying their album from them directly. So a lot of musicians have Bandcamp set up, but otherwise they might have a shop um, just on their website. If you find their website, then you can support them. And it doesn't mean that you have to buy physical product because I appreciate that lots of people don't have CD players or record players anymore, but you could actually just buy a the buy the downloads and, and that way, you know, you can it's really, really helping a lot of musicians. But Bandcamp are amazing in particular because they do this every first Friday of the month. They they don't take their fee, so they're giving, uh, which is usually, I think, 10 or 15%. Um, anyway, it all goes to the artists. So that's a really good way of, of helping artists. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much Brilliant. again for Thanks so much, time. Rob. Great. Yeah. So my thanks to Emily for joining me for this episode of Four Songs. i got to say, it's pretty cool that in this day and age, you can talk to people across the world and have it sound as good as that does. So again, thank you, Emily, and thanks to you for listening, and we'll see you soon.